Looks like Mason Mount. It's an absolute beauty! Finishing third. And here goes Giroud at the other end. Can he finish it? He can! He's finished it brilliantly! Two goals in two minutes for Chelsea at the end of this first half. Giroud on target yet again. And Chelsea have a vice-like grip on a game that was going nowhere. Fernandez, hop, and a skip, and a goal. Kasper Schmeichel, oh, it's going to be Jesse Lingard to seal it. Manchester United are going to the Champions League. There's no doubt about it now. This is how the pandemic prolonged 2019-2020 Premier League season ended on a historically frenetic final day where all the 20 teams kick off at the exact same time. Although what we witnessed today was nowhere near close to the infamous Aguero moment, there were plenty of ups and downs on a dramatic final day. Ultimately, one of the three teams vying for last two Champions League places had to feel hard done by and two of the relegation threatened sides had to join Norwich in the second tier. This is the Legion of Sports. I'm Proswell and today is July the 26th. Today, we're looking back on what was a roller coaster of a season. Plenty to go through, moment of the year, highs and lows of the year, our weekly awards and much more. But first, let's start in the Midlands where Champions League places were settled. With me, as always, I have the mercurial mank himself, Avinasa. On a scale of 1 to 10, how relieved are you? Uh, I would say about 6.5. Again, I mean, listen. I was nervous before the game uh, just because I was more hopeful for Chelsea to lose the game rather than United to actually win the, the final. I mean, just because the way we've been playing for past three games. But yeah, as soon as Lingard put the ball back in, yeah, I was pretty relieved. Our listeners probably know it already. Manchester United defeated Leicester at their own backyard to clinch the third place and then allowed Chelsea to clinch fourth place by defeating Leicester. It was a professional performance from Manchester United. Yeah, I mean, what a great day, man. I mean, yeah, I went to the bar in the morning around 8.30 uh, where you had like seven TV hanging up in the wall and, you know, all the games were playing at the same time. And there were a bunch of other fans, Chelsea fans, United fans, some Leicester, Villa, you know, everyone mixed up. It was great to watch their emotions overall. And I mean, how about Jesse Lingard, man, scoring his first goal and... I know, right? And who would have realized he was, he was going to be the last scorer for this season? 98th minute. Did you, did you see uh, a few of the fans who actually bet on him to, uh, to go the whole season without, without scoring or assisting? Yeah. And, uh, and they were I, seconds away. Yeah, I think it cost them about $670 uh, for a $10 uh, money bet. I had a nine-match parlay today, and everyone hit the, hit the thing except Spurs, who kind of always kills me off man did you go over or under i went over two and a half goal but it was only two goals with jose Mourinho's team uh you know i mean the way Mourinho has been you know encouraging his squad to you know uh, win the win the last two games then we'll have europa next season so yeah but he always puts his defense was that that you and it's the thing that you have always been mentioning in the show quite frankly yeah uh i think this might be the last time i'm gonna bet Anything sports-related. I mean, Mourinho, man. Mourinho definitely missed out on top four, but he his side pipped Wolves to the Europa League spot, the final Europa League spot in sixth. As far as the Champions League goes, it was a thorough and professional performance for Manchester United. They didn't really need to be convincing. Today wasn't about the performance. It was all about the three points, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, I was nervous. I mean, the whole squad was nervous. I'm pretty sure, but I do, I, I do believe United was set up to play a draw uh, instead of actually going for it. Absolutely, uh, because the ball was on Leicester's court. They had the honors. They had to score. Yeah, uh, and even Maguire uh, in the interview, uh, he said uh, we were, you know, trying to play a draw. And as soon as they went to the halftime uh, and saw the Chelsea scoreline, 
and then they actually thought maybe we should just uh, go for it a little bit because you know if Leicester gets the last minute goal, well, we are in big trouble. So I think the defense was well set up, and you know we didn't take much risk, uh, and we just got the job done. Indeed. Victor Lindelof was standing throughout the game. And I, I don't criticize Manchester United for one bit because today was all over about getting through the hurdle, getting through the line. And uh, a good, great team performance because, like I said, the onus was on Leicester City. Leicester's plan was to, you know, uh, basically not overcommit. And towards the end of the game, just keep it, you know, as, as a draw till the final few minutes or like last quarter and, you know, throw the kitchen sink. But, you know, that penalty basically sealed the deal for United. Yeah, one more time. And this time was a 100% penalty, no doubt whatsoever. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, mean, and, John, I mean, Johnny Evans, man. Once a red, always a red. Yeah, best, that was actually the best performance by uh, Johnny Evans for Manchester United. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I think we did uh, touch on it uh, in the beginning of the, uh, after the restart, that the bigger squad is gonna, probably going to get through. And like we said, uh, Chelsea, United, the bigger squad, uh, they had the depth and, you know, experience, I would say, to actually get uh, in the Champions League. And Wolves and Leicester, uh, they had a great season, but rightly so. I mean, they, I think they belong in Europa next season, then Champions League. I would definitely agree with that fact or facts. Leicester City's their depth was, or the lack of it was on so because they were definitely missing their fullbacks Ben Chilwell and Ricardo Pereira, and they had to play youngsters as well. Madison wasn't there, Harvey Barnes just came out from injury, so it definitely dented their chances. So good luck to Leicester next season. As far as United, one last thing. Um, when I see United these days, obviously everyone knows Bruno Fernandez, but when Bruno Fernandez signed for United. Basically, United uh, killed two birds with one stone uh, because not only did they bring in uh, a creative midfielder, so they basically solved the conundrum uh, related to Paul Pogba. And this is how Paul Pogba was the, was the main focal point. But now you could see he doesn't have the pressure. He can, he can play naturally. Absolutely. All we need is get Jaden Sancho in the mix. And we should be good next season. Moving on, uh, Chelsea joined the likes of Manchester United uh, in securing Champions League places. Uh, they had a comfortable victory over Wolves. Uh, like we already mentioned, Wolves' lack of squad depth uh, didn't help them. Uh, Olivier Giroud, once again in the goal-scoring uh, column. Uh, Mason Mount as well, with a breathtaking free kick. Yeah, about that free kick. I wonder what uh, Frank Lampard was thinking at that moment, because, you know, last game against Liverpool... He was yelling at Klopp and his staff members because, you know, that wasn't a free kick. It wasn't a foul and Liverpool just got the, you know, and Trent got the free kick from which they actually scored. Uh, I mean, even today, that wasn't a foul at all also, but they got the free kick which they scored. So I wonder how Frank, Frank Lampard will be feeling it right now. So that silent bust up between Klopp and Frank Lampard? Yeah. I'm all for it. You know why? Lately, these managers, most of these Premier League managers, they're too nice. You know, I, I, I want to see this, you know, when we get, go back 10 years before when Mourinho wasn't coping well with Rafa Benitez, you know, Wenger and Mourinho, and sometimes, you know, Wenger and uh, uh, Sir Alex and all, you know, all these top managers, they, although they had that mutual respect for each other, but, you know, publicly in the media, they were against each other and they kind of brought some excitement to the fans and, you know, leading up to the games as well. Some of these managers are too nice at, at the moment, aren't they? Cool. Yeah, well, I get the dispute part of it. I mean, we, we all want to see rival and all those, but the language that Frank Lampard used against Klopp, uh, you know, calling, I mean, using the F word and throwing it, uh, you only won one league title, what are you on about? I mean, Klopp right now is probably the best manager in the world. And for Frank Lampard, who, who in his career, have absolutely won nothing as a manager. For, for someone like to go after Klopp and using all those bad languages, I mean, come on, man. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true. And uh, I feel like that's uh, part of learning curve for Frankie because he's just uh, a couple of years into this job and he's just, you know, retired as a professional f- footballer and he has that adrenaline going. So he, he needs to fix that definitely. And uh, he needs to have more respect for club anyways. Yeah, but speaking of the Chelsea season, I think they were great, uh, especially with the way they started the season by 4-0 defeat. And I think they had another draw. So, you know, everyone was going after Frank and also he had the transfer ban. Yeah, so they had the transfer ban. 
they couldn't sign any players. Their best player, Aiden, Aiden Azad, left uh, for uh, Real Madrid. So, you know, cards were against uh, Frank Lampard. So the, the job he did is phenomenal. And just to get, scrape into the top four, that's all they want. And if they win the FA Cup, that'll be a, a cherry on the cake for them. But on the downside, though, they considered 54 goals this season. The same amount as Brighton, who were contending for relegation or fighting to avoid the relegation. So that will be a huge concern. And they have, did you see Timo Werner was in stands today for the first time? They have signed yeah. GA. They're trying to get Kai Havers. Man, they need to fix that left, uh, left back position as well as a center back, maybe. Or the goalkeeper. What are you talking about? I mean, the most expensive goalkeeper was on the bench today. Yeah, he was. As ridiculous as it sounds, they are trying to sign Jan Oblak. Well, that is the full-time whistle, and that is the end of the road for Watford in the Premier League for now. Chris Kavanagh's whistle brings the game to a close, and at the moment, it brings Bournemouth's five-year stay in the Premier League to an end. But if they are going to go down, and we'll find that out soon, then they've gone down fighting. Have they just left themselves too much to do? They don't know it yet. They haven't heard the result of what's happening at West Ham. They are still playing. Good turn again by Davis. It's John McGinn finding Grealish. Grealish! Wow! Wow! Stunning! Scintillating! And surviving! Aston Villa's captain leaves his club a legacy. It's Jack Grealish's goal that will cement Aston Villa's Premier League status. Elsewhere in the table, Captain Fantastic Jack Grealish was once again Aston Villa's hero as he led his side to a fantastic and unprecedented last couple of weeks to avoid the drop. A couple of weeks ago, they were seven points off from safety. Now, against all the odds, they are staying in the Premier League. Yeah, Aston Villa, I mean, what a great, I would say, last three weeks of football that they actually played. Uh, which they should have been doing for like a really long time. But if you look at the squad in the papers, I think Aston Villa should be around 14th or 15th team in the Premier League. But, you know, they've been really been awful the whole season. But again, Jack Grealish, uh, when needed, he showed up. And I mean, what a save, man, for him. Yep. Every time I watch Jack Grealish, he's so creative. And he's their best player by a mile. And all of these top players. I feel like he isn't ready-made for uh, top-tier clubs such as Liverpool, uh, Manchester City, or even United and stuff. But he, like that second tier, maybe Tottenham or even Arsenal or, or uh, Everton were trying to change the pack. Uh, could be a brilliant signing for them. Um, yeah, not sure if Aston Villa will be able to keep Jack Grealish now, uh, especially if they're staying in Premier League. I think the best for Aston Villa would be to get a decent amount of money for him and might actually look into the rebuilding of the squad. Absolutely. And Aston Villa, they, they had to do a rebuild last season because if you remember or not, the previous season when they were in the championship, they were financially struggling. So they had to loan, out, loan all these players. So, for the, I mean, I won't criticize them too much uh, for, for not starting well this season. Uh, their defense wasn't that good. Uh, but just because they had all these pieces and uh, it was, it didn't have much time to fit this, fit the puzzles. You have to feel bad for Bournemouth too, man. Such a small, little, lovely team to see them in Premier League for five years, and now uh, Eddie Howe and his squad going down. A sad instance. It it is it really is sad. Uh, the team from South Coast, um, they were here in the Premier League for five seasons. They played beautiful football every time they played. Yeah, and and Watford just crumbled like a piece of bread after the restart. Like, Dini didn't even look prepared to even play a single game. I mean, he, he was one of those players who opposed the idea of restart. And I think we know now, we now know why. So, looking back at Bournemouth, we do feel sad for them. However, they did their job. Like, they had to win today. So, they basically had, I think, 5% chance. So, basically, out of 27 permutations, they had to, only one of those had to go their way mm-hmm. and it nearly happened but they just fell short in the end and also how about the decision from Eddie Howe to not play Fraser after the way he came out and said you know he demanded a transfer yeah I, I, I don't know what goes in behind the scenes uh, Fraser is a fantastic talent um, exactly his, and, his assist record shows and yeah and Eddie Howe decided 
uh, not to include him in the squad or to have in the have him in the playing squad uh, after he you know went on to the transfer demand. So I, I, I get the relegation part of it. I know it is, it's going to hurt for a season, but I mean Eddie Howe, man, kudos for him to sticking up for his club. So fantastic job he has done. And back to one, one final point about Ryan Fraser. See, it's it's one of those things where managers are uh, lauded if if it goes well. Let's for say if they survived, you know, people wouldn't criticize him for uh, putting out Fraser. But now, you know, there there will be fans and uh, pundits alike who will say, "Hey, you have to play your best players." So, you know, it, it's always lose lose scenario for uh, managers. One final note about the relegations dogfight, Watford. You see how many managers they have changed this season? Uh, three. Yep, they sacked three. So they started with Javi Gracia. They had Kike Sanchez Flores. And then they, they brought in Nigel Pearson, who, who did a phenomenal job. Trust me, in the beginning, they were, they were struggling, man. And now they were doing just, as, just fine before the pandemic hit. And now, you know, I feel like they deserve it. You know, like I, I don't want any team to go down, but in a way, how they handle the managers are like, it's a symbol. But, but I think that's how they've been uh, handling their managers all, uh, even for the past seasons. Yeah. True. Even, even when they got promoted, I think they had like three managers come in the club. Yeah, no doubt about that. I think they have had like 10 managers in the last four or five years. Uh, no surprises there, but there comes a time where stability matters. So not having that platform or groundwork uh, didn't help them. And you sack your manager like two games before when you're in a relegation dogfight? Come on, man. I think they were hoping for a new manager bounce, you know? Yeah. Meanwhile, the team which was already relegated before today or before the kickoff today, Norwich City, were once again battered by Man City. Did you yeah. see those goals from De Bruyne? Uh, I did not watch the uh, City game today because... There were like six games going on, but uh, none of them had the City game on. So. I was the highlights. The goals he scored, phenomenal always. Uh, do you think he's good enough to make your team of the season? We'll see next. It's, it's plain obvious. Jordan Henderson over Kevin De Bruyne, man. I mean, get out of here. Juventus have won a ninth consecutive Serie A title following their 2-0 win over Sampdoria on Sunday. Cristiano Ronaldo scored his 31st goal of the season. This is Juventus' 36th league title. I wouldn't be surprised if it becomes 19th in a row by the year 2030. Manchester United and Chelsea secured Champions League place on the final day of the Premier League season. Watford, Bournemouth and Norwich relegated back to Championship. Down they go. And finally, according to the stack.com, NFL water boys make about 53,000 per year on average. Where do I sign up? Let's, let's sign up tomorrow itself. I mean, they should be called, I mean, they should be given a different name like hydration guy or, you know, hydration master or something like that. I mean, water boy sounds too, too high school. Or, or just like uh, NFL um, water team. Exactly. I mean, give them something cool, you know. Just like the Washington football team. Yeah, make it cooler, man. So today is a special day, uh, last day of the Premier League. Although originally it wasn't scheduled for today, but because of the pandemic, it lasted longer than, than we or everyone wanted. So instead of me going through all these teams and taking 30, 40 minutes of details, and boring talks. We've created obvious one-liner season review for every teams. That's only going to take a couple of minutes. Yeah, so the idea of this review is basically me acting like one of those fans from the team. So it can be deluded or it can be, you know, full of excitement. But I'm just going to try and make it short. So, uh, before, before you start, I don't know if you have included this in your uh, season review. But I have a trivia for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we forgot about the trivia. Go ahead. So out of these 20 teams in the Premier League, only one team hasn't scored from outside the box this season. Uh, I think it might be Bournemouth. I'll give you till the end of the show. So are we starting from the champions or the bottom? 
Oh, let's start from the bottom. Let's go then. Norwich City. The Canaries. At least we beat Man City 3-2. Someone please buy Cantwell for 50 million. The Hornets of Watford. Just going to watch the Liverpool game highlights till we get back in the Premier League. Liverpool's invincible gone. Bournemouth, AFC. Premier League will taste different without the cherries in it. The Villains. How was Jack Grealish not the player of the season? The Hammers. Give David Moyes the time he deserves and we will finish 12th next season. The Brighton Seagulls. All I know from this season is we survived. That's it. The Crystal Palace Eagles. Like, dear God, man. We are like the Washington Redskins of Premier League. Except for a proper name. Newcastle Magpies. Move over Man City. There is a new sheriff in the league and he got a huge pile of money to spend. The Toffees. Well, that was absolutely f***ing. Southampton. What a comeback, lads. It's like we never lost 9-0 to Leicester. The Clarets of Burnley. The whole season felt like we were playing with 11 defenders at all times. The Blades. For a moment, I really thought we were going to do a Leicester. I thought so too. The Gunners. I know I've been saying this for like past 10 years, but damn it, Cronky out. Aubameyang, please don't leave. Cronky out. Wolves. It doesn't matter what others say. We play the best football in the whole league. The Spurs. Our Amazon Prime documentary surely will be more exciting than our normal gameplay. Worker magic, Harry. I'll have my popcorns out. The Foxes. He did it again, didn't he? Brendan Rodgers bottled 14-point lead. Packer backs, Brendan. Chelsea's Blues. Mate, can't wait to win the Premier League next season and then fire Frank Lampard right after it. Let's go. Manchester United. Ole at the wheel. Listen, I don't want to sound too extreme, but if only we had signed Fernandez in the beginning, we'd have won the league and the Champions League and the Africa. Oh, wait, we lost the Africa. And we're not in the Champions League, but still, we'd have won it. Way too lofty. And they're noisy neighbors. No, no, no. We don't want any more domestic trophies anymore. Let's focus on the Champions League this year, lads. And finally, the champions. It was men versus boys, basically. Too easy. Treble next year. Interesting choices there, isn't it? I mean, that's me, man. That, that's my review for the entire 20 teams. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like it. It's pretty creative. I mean, creative is my middle name. But no matter how creative you try to be, you're always biased at some point. Let's try not to be too biased, okay? Let's hand out some awards, shall we? All right, let's go. So who's been your most impressive and most disappointing team of the season? Most impressive, popular choice would be Liverpool, but I'm going to go with Sheffield. And disappointing has to be Everton. You hit the nail on its head when you said Sheffield United. The Blades, phenomenal. Man, their their back three, uh, you know, system that the back three overlapping their fullbacks and their strikers. Different system and, and system in which the players are full of championship quality, but they saw that they're ready for the Premier League, you know. Absolutely. I think they would be a little disappointed that they didn't make the Europa, but apart from that, a great, great season for the, for the starters. Yeah, right now they will feel like they didn't make the Europa League uh, hard done by and so, but time will heal. You know, a couple of months later when they start new season, you know, they'll be like, oh, okay, they, we did a thing. Uh, as far as disappointing, although Manchester City finished second and ahead of uh, their rivals, I have to be disappointed in Man City. They, they couldn't even challenge for challenge against Liverpool. You know, they had like 100 points the season before and then 98 or 97 before, so. But Everton finished 12th with the money they spent. Oh, they've been disappointing all along. Ever since, uh, I think, Roberto Martinez was there and, uh, you know, Seamus Coleman, uh, Leighton Benz, who we'll get into later in the show, they were marauding uh, down the flanks. They've never been the same, so surprising factor isn't there no more. How about the players? The players, impressive. Uh, I mean, this has to be a one-sider, right? Kevin Ibrani? Um See, De Bruyne never fails to amaze me, but we know what he's capable of, right? So impressive has to be someone in the beginning who we thought wasn't really going to be good or wasn't really going to be a standout. So I would have to go with Danny Ings. How about Bruno Fernandes? Don't get me wrong. He has been impressive, but 
he, I mean, he always had good statistics before coming to the Premier League. So with, with the, the talent around him. Yeah, changed the whole team for us. I'd rather give him a full season first. What about disappointing player? I would have to go with Bernardo Silva. Oh, wow. Silva. I, I actually like, went... I feel like we forgot about him, didn't we? Like, he, he was their standout play, player last season. Yeah, I mean, he might be the player of the season last year for Man City. Like, what happened to the dude? I actually included uh, Nicolas Pepe in my most disappointing player of the season. I feel like you expected a lot from uh, the Ivorian. I did. I mean, the, look at the striker he got. He just failed to provide any assist or no, even, no. He, he actually has a see. He actually has a had a decent opening uh, opening season. I mean, price tag was too much, but he probably had I think uh, almost like a double digit assist and uh, almost double digit digit uh, goals. Nowhere near uh, compared to what he produced last season. But still, for a for, for a beginner, let let's just give him one more season, okay? Because like I always say, the 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 creativity in Arsenal's midfield is 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 uh, is non-existent. So you can't really totally blame on him as well. However, one thing I criticize him for is uh, his lack of ball retention. He try he try he gives the ball away too easily at times. All right, moving on from Nicolas Pepe. Uh, how about the standout player from the relegated team? See, if you're asking player, I'll just say a few players, if, if, if that's okay. I picked uh, Nathan Aki from Bournemouth, standout centre-back. Uh, Thor I... Cantwell and Emiliano Buendia from Norwich City. Um, and Ducure from Watford. Yeah, I, I got Todd Cantwell and Nathan Ackett too. And I included uh, Ismail Yassar from Watford. He is a good talent, but he hasn't shown throughout the season that consistency yet. I mean, yeah, it's just a bad team. Uh, Watford was just pretty horrible at the end. But I do believe he's, uh, he should be playing, you know, with a team like, I would mid, say... A mid-table mid, mid team, basically. Exactly, yeah. Maybe like Everton next season or somewhere like that. We got for manager of the season. You probably already guessed it. I've been heaping praise on Sheffield United, so I can't go no wrong than Chris Wilder. I think we got the same one. I mean, Klopp might be the obvious winner or, you know, popular choice just because of the champions and all. But yeah, for me, it has to be Chris Wilder. Yep. Didn't we expect Klopp or, or Liverpool would be good already? So Chris Wilder, man, they were really guessing favorites in the beginning. So now... And also what you got for... Probably the most exciting game of the season. See, I've been a little disappointed this year, uh, to be honest with you, as far as games goes. Individually, we, don't, we haven't really had that, you know, eight-goal thriller, like somewhere around that, you know, comeback and, and stuff like that. But still, there were a few games. I think I, I, I want to pick uh, that Sheffield United, uh, United game. Oh, that 3-3? Yep. Yeah, we were dead for like 70 minutes and all of a sudden decided to put three goals in 10 minutes. Uh, a weird game. Uh, also, what about City and Wolves game, where oh, that, you know that was that was that was pretty good. Yeah, that was. I think that might be the best game for for this season. See, this might. So this might sound a little lofty, but I watched the Man City Norwich game where uh, North Norwich City basically uh, hammered <laughs> Man City. The quality in that game was outstanding. Norwich City at that point was playing fabulous football. Silky, you know, uh, like first touch, you know, pace on the ball, like their, their passing was exquisite. And, and, and finishing was good too when Pukki was, uh, was, a, was a good marksman. He's like uh, Joe Ingalls, man. Uh, the uncle type who scores goal. Did we miss out anything? I think we still have the team of the season. Let's do it next after some uh, sports update. New York Jets running back Le'Veon Bell sounded surprised and betrayed upon hearing the news Saturday that Jamal Adams has been traded to Seattle Seahawks. Wait, didn't he do similar like a couple of years ago though? Uh, it's ridiculous, man, the whole thing. That week 14 class between them is going to be hella interesting. Jamie Vardy becomes the oldest player to win the Premier League Golden Boot at age 33. Kevin De Bruyne won the Playmaker Award with 20 assists in one season. 20 assists. And finally, since 1982, 
Melbourne, Australia has been the birthplace to more number one overall NBA draft pick than any other city in the world. Since when? Since 1982. <laughs> I, I don't know where you got that stat from. Let me guess uh, a couple. Uh, ben Simmons, yep. uh, Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. One played for Warriors. Warriors. Uh, oh, hold on, hold on. You said number one pick? Uh, yeah, well, not the number one overall pick. I, I mean, you know, first rounder overall Oh, oh first rounder, okay. Uh, Andrew Bogut? Yeah, that guy. I, I saw Ben Simmons' story growing up. It's, it's, it's fabulous. The only thing that didn't grow up was his shooting jumpers. It's, it's getting better. Trust me. Instead of weekly team of the week, this time we're going to go one better and do team of the season. For the Premier League or are you combining everything? Uh, I'll just do Premier League just because full round of fixtures. Okay. So my form- formation is 4-3-3. I'll start Nick Pope in goal for Burnley. Uh, where, where was Dean Anderson? Yeah, he was, he's an honorable mention. He's, he, he's been good, but he's had a few uh, few errors leading up to goals. Even even today, he had a one er- like little error. So I, 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 I've seen a few errors. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's an outstanding goalkeeper. He has a, had a great season, but you'd have to look at Nick Pope. He's, he should be England's number one. Guy's underrated. Debatable, but go on. Go on with the defenders. Defenders? Uh, should be pretty straightforward. My uh, uh, fullbacks, Trent and uh, Andy Robertson. I'll add a third Liverpool player in there, Van Dyke, of course. His leadership. <laughs> and the fourth one, you might be surprised, uh, Zon Jürgen from uh, Sheffield United. What about Laporte? Laporte? Are you being sarcastic? or? No, I mean, I'm actually serious because... I mean, he was injured like most six, of the games. But. Yeah, for, for, for six months he was injured. And City had a, had a disastrous uh, backline. So, But uh, after he came back, they were right back in track. Yeah, a, a little bit. But no, he's, he's, he's not even in the frame. Nowhere. He, he didn't even play full quota of games anyways. Uh, honorable mentions were uh, Kagalar Soyinchu of Leicester City. He was, he, he was definitely missed today. And then uh, James Tarkovsky of Burnley again. So let's go to the midfield, Selvig. Uh, no surprises. I have De Bruyne, Henderson, and guess the third one. Bruno Fernandes? Yeah. You'll be creaming at this, you know. <laughs> you, oh, did you actually put Fernandes in there? Yeah. I, see, I, I was tempted not to just because he didn't play a full quota of games. Um, Jack Grill is, uh, you know... Yeah, I think that's on NDD. NDD come to mind. I think that's unfair to Jack Grealish, man. Even though I mean, I, I mean, I like the idea that you get Fernandez on the team, and also, I mean, no team has won more points after after Fernandez joined United. But come on, man, Jack Grealish, you gotta you you yeah, gotta put I, him in there. So, I'll give you my reasons why I put Fernandez. He had he just gave that boost, that change that needed for United because they were way off. Oh. I, like I said, I agree. We're 14 points off. And, and, uh, and, he, was, and he was reliable as well. It's not just his presence, but his, his production as well. Yeah, but still, I mean, uh, Jack Grealish played the entire season and put the team on his back. That's true. I, I would take Henderson out and put Jack Grealish in there. I have to put someone of a leadership figure in there too. Anyways, moving forward, I have Mane, Vardy, and guess the third one. I hope it's not Salah. Definitely not. Should be obvious by now. I've already uh, soured praises on him. Uh, Danny Ings. Oh, you're going to go two strikers on top? Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've gone uh, Mane, Ings, and Vardy. Might not, might not look good on paper because both Ings and Vardy are up top, but Vardy will run, run down the channel from, but, from the left. But you say 4-3-3? Yeah, 4-3-3. Mane, Ings, and Vardy. I mean, you have to include someone who plays uh, right uh, center forward instead of just playing two... See, I'll, I'll, I'll probably, yeah, I'll, see, I could have done that, but I went with Mane, who, who could play on the right, maybe, because he's used to playing on the left. He could play on the right, and then Ings through the middle, and then Vardy through the left, just for a change. Or you can, you still got time, you can change, uh, I would say put Danny Ings out and... Put Aubameyang on the left. No, no. What has Aubameyang done this season to be in team of the year? 
nothing. Useless goals. I mean, for no, Arsenal I'm, to be. Yeah, he's not in my team. That's, I'm just giving you options because you're trying to fill in with someone else. Yeah, someone who would be more accurate to the position instead of just putting two center, two strikers in one position. Or yeah, so I can make a team with a great chemistry and not, uh, you know, discard a uh, discard a few players. So, you know, I had to I have to sacrifice a few players if I had to do that. But I didn't want to sacrifice these uh, top talents. Uh, Raul Jimenez was a was a was an honorable mention. He led the line, didn't he? And even Adama Traore, but he didn't he didn't perform throughout the season. So, is Sterling? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could be, but uh, he didn't have as good of a season as as last season. And here's the thing: sometimes we judge these players based on their team's performance, and since City didn't perform as we expected, they aren't in there. All right. I mean, Danny Ings in the team of the season. It does. Let's just say it. It does not sit right with me having inks uh, in the in the team of the season. But it's your call, man. Uh, hey, like I always say, it's 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 totally debatable. You have twenty teams. Each team probably has twenty to twenty-five players, so you have a pool of like four hundred, five hundred players. Among which, of course, there's like thirty, forty outstanding players throughout the season. But it, it's just hard to you know come to terms. Talking about hard to come to terms, Premier League is going to miss a few outstanding talents of the game or outstanding talent of the modern Premier League soccer. We'll find out next. The New York Knicks have selected Tom Thibodeau as their next head coach starting from next season into a five-year deal. Wasn't he at Minnesota recently with uh, Jimmy Butler? Yeah. Another disaster waiting to happen. Manchester City midfielder David Silva will return to Etihad Stadium for a proper send-off after making his final Premier League appearance for the club in Sunday's 5-0 thrashing of Norwich City, manager Pep Guardiola said. One of the greatest midfielders the Premier League has ever seen. And finally, Joe Thomas did not miss a single snap in his first 10 years in the NFL. He played 10,363 consecutive snaps, but never made it to the playoffs. Yep, I I I saw that stat when he when 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 that streak got broken broken a couple couple of years ago. Phenomenal man. I mean, what a waste of a career. <laughs> right, right, right. See, talking about Joe Thomas, um, when when that stat uh, was given by NFL, I I realized although his team. His, uh, although his team was trash, he he got recognized. Oh yeah, he made the Pro Bowl like multiple times. Where I think in an interview he said, at at one point he didn't even knew who was quarterback behind him, so he was just basically going out there field with no intention of winning at all. That's how bad the Browns were. Quick story, I don't I don't want to go too deep because it's Premier League special. But when I first started watching. You know, American football. One of the guys um, that played college uh, football for for the college that I went to, he explained me, uh, you know, about, about about football. And he was a guard. And when I asked, uh, "Who is your role model, or who, who do you look for, uh, forward to uh, watching?" and he said, "Joe Thomas from the Cleveland Browns." I knew Cleveland Browns were were a, were a terrible team. I was like, "Why does he regard?" A player from from a team that's worse in the NFL out of 30, 32 teams as 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 the best player in that position, and I was like, okay, you know, talent gets recognized in the NFL. Have you seen Joe Thomas right now? Yeah, he's. I think I think he lost uh, a, a few pounds actually, and he's he's uh, he's a he's an analyst or he has a podcast or uh, something. Oh, dude, he he's bulked up. He not only did he lost few pounds, he's shredded now. Yep. Shredded like yeah, actual. But- yeah, good, good for him. See, uh, all of these all offense, all, like all of these guards after retiring, I've seen starting a lot of, you know. Yeah, just going straight into the buffets. <laughs> not like defenders, eh? Silver invited to shoot almost. He will now, won't he? 
Oh, that's brilliant. That is brilliant. Solo goal, David Silva. He just waited and waited and picked his spot. It's his first Premier League goal. Well, if we'd have had Manchester City fans inside the Etihad, they would have been reaching for their handkerchiefs because this is the end of David Silva, one of the greatest players since the inauguration of the Premier League. He will go down in the Hall of Fame. He's embraced by all his teammates, universally liked all around the game of football, all around the world. He goes about it with a minimum of fuss, almost shy in retiring, doesn't seek the limelight. He does all his talking with his feet. So today was the final Premier League game for one David Silva, the Spaniard who transferred to Manchester City from Valencia back in the summer of 2011, has won multiple titles for Manchester City and defied and cemented his place in the folklore of one of the modern greats of the Premier League. Although he has a few games left for Manchester City in the Champions League, it was a sad farewell for him and all these Manchester City teammates. Yeah, like you mentioned, man, uh, David Silva, uh, I think every time we talk about, you know, the great midfielders of the game, uh, he should be included. I mean, for Chelsea, Lampard, for Liverpool, Gerrard, United, Scholes. Uh, and when we talk about these players, I think David Silva has to be there when we talk about Manchester City, uh, right after Vincent Company or Yaya Toure. He's like right behind, or maybe you go Aguero too. Definitely, definitely. He's not he's not as vocal as uh, Vanson Company and all these other guys that you've mentioned, but he he leads from the front uh, by his performances. He's he's like his passing is probably one of the best passers of his generations. Yeah, he's I mean he's like a salt in a food man. When it when it goes missing, you absolutely feel the difference of it. Absolutely, and rightly so. Citizens have won so many titles with him and. Every game I watched without him in the side uh, last few years, you could easily see the void. I mean, Phil Ford and got one hell of a shoes to fill in. I have a couple theories on David Silva, in fact. So when David Silva arrived in the Premier League, you know how uh, Spanish players aren't physically competent. Um, you know, all of these critics were like, David Silva would, wouldn't last in the Premier League. Because he's not physical enough, he's he's, he's, he's minute, he's diminutive, uh, he'll get pushed away too easily, and so on. But you know, ten years uh, ten years on, defied the arts, so exquisite. His first touch, his vision, everything, and the the way he plays, like he's like, you know, there's no anger, you know, there's no extra temperament in in in, in him. Yeah, everything that you want in a player as a midfielder. Uh, he has it. I mean, the quality uh, and, you know, the personality that he uh, and the work ethics, he, he just uh, is on top of it. Even I doubted him when he came to Manchester City. He came from Valencia and he he and uh, David Villa were uh, the two top guns. Him and David Villa were the two top dogs in Valencia. They were producing goods year after year. And David Villa went to Barcelona and David Silva came to Manchester City. Usually what happens in Spain is from, uh, you know, these clubs such as Sevilla and even Valencia, uh, the, the second tier clubs, they basically, they're basically feeder clubs for Barcelona and Real Madrid. They basically uh, take their best players, but David Silva wasn't cherry picked by either Real Madrid or Barcelona. So what that meant was, I thought he wasn't good enough to, to make that step up. You know what I mean? What I'm trying to say? I thought he was ignored by Barcelona and Real Madrid, so he wouldn't be this good, but he's totally defied my odds. Do you think if he had a chance, do you think he, he would make the Barcelona team of uh, uh, Xavi and Iniesta? Absolutely. He wouldn't replace any of these guys, but he, but they would actually try to find a system where they could fit Silva in. And I'll tell you why. And the Spanish national team had the likes of uh, Iniesta, Busquets, Xavi already. So they just fit in uh, Silva. So I think he, he, he would fit in pretty good. Yeah. yeah, the system that, you know, uh, Pep uh, put out for Manchester City, which was, you know, pretty similar to Barcelona, uh, 
back in his day. So, I mean, look at the similarities between the plays. Uh, I think Silva would, would make the cut. Like you mentioned, Pep's, Pep's flexibility is, 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 is a great bonus or was a great bonus for this Barcelona side. And they, they had a fluid system. You know, all these midfielders, we don't, we don't even knew, we didn't even know where they were actually playing. They were just moving from one side to another. And they had the ball like 80% of the times. They just had to make their own position, you know. Hopefully he comes to the MLS though. I would actually love, I would love to see him play at least a couple of times. I think he would probably go to La Liga just to get back into his home place, you know, get settled somewhere in a mid-table team. Yeah, that that that's a, that's a good option. But uh, all all these some of these players who wanna you know expand their brand or so uh, come stateside that helps. Let let's see. He might he might have joined force with Xavi in uh, Qatar or somewhere. From one Premier League legend to another. Leighton Baines has announced his retirement at the age of 35. Yeah, man, that, uh, for me, uh, every time I watch Everton play, out of all the players in that team, you know, that Fellaini, those, those era, the uh, Cahill yeah. and all those guys, uh-huh, uh-huh. I feared Baines more than any other player. <laughs> yeah. even, as, even as a defender, he was so good at the ball with the crosses and, you know, he was so good at uh, coming into the box. And I'm rightfully, I mean, he, he leads the league in uh, assists for defenders. Yeah, that back line of him, Julian Lescott and Seamus Coleman, that was phenomenal. You know, he started off with Wigan Athletic. Uh, Wigan Athletic came to the Premier League and he transferred to Everton. And from then on, standout professional, you know. He became a player of the year for them quite a few times as well. Yeah, his left foot was Amazing, one of the best left backs uh, last 10 years the Premier League has ever seen. And I remember when he was at his peak, he played for England as well, uh, quite a handful of a number of times. I think he played in World Cup 2014. And yeah, he he uh, nearly joined uh, Manchester United. I think before Luke Saw joined, uh, they were linked with him. And, and I think he was 28 or 29 or maybe 27. He was at the peak of his career. He should have moved to United. Yeah, uh, and David Moyes wanted him uh, to come to United, but you know he was so uh, his loyalty for the club was uh, bigger than the move. And I mean, you can look at it two ways. It it did cost him the glory or you know the fame, but at the other side, you you gotta respect his loyalty for the club. He stayed with uh, the Toffees. Uh, but sometimes, you know, that makes me realize uh, sometimes the, 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 sometimes these athletes, they don't have a huge window. You, they, they only have a, a small chance, uh, a small a moment where they could move into better things. And if they don't take that chance, then um, I'm not saying it's a regret. He, he's had a blessed career. He's, he's, he's had an outstanding career. But sometimes you might lo- he might look back upon and uh, say, I, I should have moved on or, you know. Go for yeah. went for better offers. Absolutely. Those are the two players that have retired or tried to leave Premier League. We'll definitely know a few more. We'll do so in the coming weeks. Uh, the Premier League starts in seven weeks. Yeah, actually, I, I'm a little surprised, man, because we still got to play Europa, so it's kind of unfair. But I mean, City got Champions League to play, so Liverpool will be well rested before the season. Yeah, I, I, I think teams teams will just. Uh, be blessed to play. I mean, right now let's just let's just play and not not complain, shall we? Because remember the times were of pandemic where we didn't have games and you know some dark times, man. Talking about the pandemic, there there were quite a few changes before and after the pandemic. Of course, you, we expected the quality wouldn't be the same. So, how did it pan out for you? I think the first game after the pandemic was wasn't it? It was Aston Villa and uh, Aston Villa, Aston Villa and, Sheffield. and Sheffield. Yep. I was really stoked for it. I was excited just because we have soccer back, something to watch on. But without the fans, it was just so dreadful, man. Uh, even the next game, City versus Arsenal, it just felt so different. And with the fake crowd noise, uh, it was just lacking the atmosphere and everything. But that's pretty obvious. Uh, and also, you know, the players' quality and all. It just felt like watching an MLS game for me. Yeah, let's just say it wasn't unexpected especially in the beginning, the quality wasn't there at all. 
but it, it, and we also got used to the we also got used to the fake crowd noise and it just became a new normal and hats off to everyone involved who tried to make it a success all these players all these uh you know uh, premier league committee um you know whoever referees everyone in, involved to make it uh you know let's not forget the nhs yeah um and the you know the black slide matter movement that kind of you know gave a little bit of extra uh motive for players to go out there and perform uh and again like you said on top of that uh all the league officials you know the way they handled the pandemic and the players to be honest with you i mean kudos to them for not actually breaking the protocols and you know staying in shape getting uh, getting themselves ready for the game to joke We've gone about var this var that help the officials out clearly they need help clearly we play in the premier league the best league in the world the most watched league in the world give them all the help they need cuz clearly they cost us two points a day to joke last but not the least do you have the answer to your trivia are you sticking with bournemouth or changing uh what was the question again so out of all these 20 teams there's only one team that hasn't scored from outside the box so outside the box i think i'm going to go with well i'm going to get it. i'm just going to go and give it a guess right now uh everton well you're not far um it, it it wasn't for a for a lack of trying it's the hornets watford uh watford yeah Basically. i mean if i i could have picked either either of the three teams from the relegation but just because the everton season man it just picks a sick to my stomach uh with the way they played the whole season so i just put out i just put it out there yeah i, f- I feel like the the more i look into everton's miserable it looks they were just so inconsistent like one game they played all right i feel i feel like they basically got a free ticket to stay in the premier league yeah I mean, with managers they got and Slurdy and the players they got, um, you you can't be putting a performance like that. So before we end the show, please don't forget to subscribe on various podcasting platforms such as Apple, Google, Spotify, and Radio Public. Thank you for listening to us. Before I say goodbye, I'll put Avi on the spot. Who'll win the Premier League next season? The obvious answer would be City or Liverpool. but since i'm wearing a united shirt yeah let's go for it i should have known i mean what Anyways. do you want to say do you want me to say oh we're not we're not going to win the league next year of course i could believe we're going to win but like i said it's the hope that kills you that's pretty much it for today thank you for listening to us if you have any feedbacks any comments any reviews do let us know follow our ig page where you can find all the latest memes news stats once again Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Peace. I'm going to miss the day drinking, man. <laughs> <laughs>